Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Racing Only Better. This is your Goodwood Day 4 preview. We're looking ahead at Friday's racing. Um, only four races to get through. It's like a half shift for us and the team at ITV. And I have been informed by the boss, Barry Orr, that we are not allowed to do any hellos or how are you or any form of foreplay because Dan Barber was so disrespectfully late that we have to just kick straight on. To a bit of weather watch, quick check in with the weather because Ed Arkell has issued an update on the ground after the depth <laughs> of rain on the Wednesday, but apparently only four mil TC. 4.6 mil. So if you're watching racing TV from 11 o'clock till the end of racing, <laughs> apparently only 4.6 mil of rain uh, fell. <laughs> boss, <laughs> boss. As he admitted, his rain gauge doesn't work with soft rain. Suffering. Um, I think we can take that with a teeny weeny pinch of salt, which which leads me to believe that leads me to believe that. Um, well, anyway, it's anyway, it's uh, they're calling it soft this morning. All the heavy has disappeared overnight. Uh, I'm I reckon it's soft with a hint of heavy. I'm going to throw it out there that Ed Arkell's rain gauge might have a little hole in it, just a little hole. <laughs> if that was if that was only four point six millilitres of rain, then Dan Barber's six foot, six just, foot five, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Ed Arkell's little tune for the week should be: "There's a hole in my bucket." Right, let's plough straight on. God, I'm in good form. Why am I in good form? <laughs> Airport lounge, and I'm off to Saratoga. Did I mention that? Uh, Goodwood, Friday, 1.50 is the first race, and currently the going is heavy, officially on the Racing Post site, but obviously we have no idea what it'll be by Friday. And over the two miles, four and a half furlongs in the Goodwood Handicap, the Class 2, this is going to be a slog and a half, Dan Barber. Oh, yes. The Wind is your 5-1 to one favourite currently having won the Northumberland Plate having once run such a good race in the Ascot Stakes as well and a belter of a race in the Chester Cup he's been in fine form all season really but he takes on Robert Johnson at 8-1 to one, who I predict Kevin Blake's going to tip up why because he's got a load of ones next to his name <laughs> but Dan let's start with you who's the sloggiest of them all who's going to slog through this well I always think that I'm always <laughs> Oh, it's two and a half. It must be a real slog. And obviously on the ground, it's going to be worse than normal. But it always seems to be a race to me where nothing held up ever gets involved. It's like, it's like the Galway plate of, of flat <laughs> racing, um, where another horse made all like a shock horror um, in this year's edition. Um, right. Loads of old favourites, loads of old familiar faces. But I was going for the old simplistic route again. A prominent racer who handles the mud. And I came down on a Gaggio, despite some concerns over whether he'll get the trip. But they tend to be aggressive with him. He's he's basically been a very productive and tough horse, flat on jumps. His hurdling career hasn't been as good as his flat career, but he still won races. He's got that stamina from hurdling. Um, and I just feel we know so much about the ones that we've been talking about all summer. Carl in the wind, Tritonic, the Grand Vizier law of the sea etc that it's worth chancing something with a different farm line and he just headed my preference ahead of tronador who i have always had down as an out and out stayer for garden he's another dual purpose performer and finally one of oh lost that m bit say that again dan it's saying he, he 
it'd been a while between drinks. He was in danger of getting a bit frustrating, but I mean, he's, he's a plodder. He'll take a lot of driving, but if they can get him handy and he, he can hold that position, probably not many will be finishing as strongly as him. You see, Dan has fallen into a terrible trap there, Vanessa. You know the way when you're looking at derby horses and the old saying goes that if you're sure you're going to stay in the derby, you're probably too slow to win the derby. Yeah, so when, you're talk, when you're talking about the Goodwood Handicap, if you're not sure you're going to get the trip in the Goodwood Handicap, you're probably not slow enough to win the Goodwood <laughs> Handicap. So, so I'm siding with one that has no such concerns, Vanessa. Land of Winter. He is a sluggy slogger. He loves a slog. He's a funeral horse, Vanessa. He is as slow as a funeral. And um, he he uh, brought a long losing run because slow horses tend to go on losing runs and um, because they're slow, if I didn't mention that. Uh, he brought a long losing run to an end last time, in, in, in fairness, a Mickey Mouse small field race. But it it, it shows us that, that, that he's coming back to something like himself. Um, he stays really well. He handles the ground. Um, um, and as Dan mentioned, he's a prominent racer, which is going to be a positive here. Um, no stalls, I'm sure everyone will remember. Um, so hopefully Callum Shepherd is good and sharp and uh, gets him away from the flag start up in the van. And he'll surely be slogging slowly, sluggily um, in the finish and will hopefully be in the mix. All right, Land of Winter is currently 14 to 1 with Betfair on the sportsbook. Uh, TC, both the boys have gone against the favourites in calling the wins. Are you doing the same? Uh, yeah, uh, but you'd be surprised if he's out of the frame, wouldn't you? I mean, course winner, uh, sorry, race winner um, mm. in very good form. Um, I should just clarify the go- I don't know what the racing posts get heavy from. Uh, it's. Uh, right. They don't, they don't, they don't, it's been updated an hour ago. It's seven, we're recording this at 7.45 and it is soft, but, um, okay. and, and there is a dry forecast uh, for all day uh, on Thursday. So hopefully it won't be too bad. Hopefully it won't be too bad because otherwise Vino Vitrix, my first choice is going to get pulled out. Um, good with drains very quickly. And I'm hoping it will be good to soft by the time of racing on Friday, which would be okay for Vino Vitrix. Soft or heavy is no good to him, and I suspect they will pull it out if it remains that way. But uh, one on good to soft at the course last year. Uh, ran well in the shape of uh, a pace bias when ridden prominently in the Northampton plate last time, so I'd, I'd mark that run up. Uh, and he's just very, very well handicapped. Um, he's off the same mark as when finishing second to run for Oscar, a complete handicap block in the Cesarich last year. He beat 70 in other rivals, by length or more off this mark. So I think Vino Victrix has got a lot going for him. Trainer won this race in 2016. And obviously, Mark and Morrison teamed up successfully earlier in the week with Quickform. So I really like Vino Victrix. I really like the price, 16 to 1. And the Sportsbook are playing five places. I've also had a bet on Law of the Sea at 14s each way at fives, uh, uh, five places. Um, again, this one made the, uh, made the donkey work. Uh, from the front in the in the plate last time, which wasn't ideal, nor was the fact that he got struck into. So I'd, I'd put a line through that run. He only beat one home there. And he's just remarkably solid. Um, like the stables won this a couple of times in recent years as well. And should have won, well, should have gone very, very close in the Chester Cup. Should have won at Haydock next time, given a too, too tender a ride, need a more aggressive ride season moon at Haydock. And he finished an excellent fourth in the Ascot Stakes off just a pound high mark than this. So, um, yeah, I'm playing two each way, Vino Victrix and um, Law of the Sea. All righty. Right, on we roll then to the first group race 
race of the day. It's the thoroughbred stakes. It's the group three and it's over the mile. Just the seven runners as things stand at the moment. And this is where Nostrum comes, obviously swerved the Sussex stakes, coming here instead off the back of his such good reappearance over the mile in the Sir Henry Cecil stakes when we last saw him. He is four to six at the head of the market. Ryan Moore, Sir Michael Stout. Docklands is next best at nine to two. Obviously won the Britannia in such brilliant form, in such brilliant style, I should say, when we last saw him. And he now steps up into group company and they're taking on the likes of Epic Tetis at eight, Bold Discovery at 14s, Knight at 14s, Galeron in there at 16s as well. Um, but really the market has it about the top two TC, Nostrum, yeah. Docklands. Um I mean, it's the class of Nostrum and the hope of him, isn't it, that has him at four to six at the top of the market? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, they were thinking about running him in the Sussex Stakes and you've never seen a more kind of like overly excited Mike Sir Michael Stout. And then during an interview he did with uh, Lydia Hislop on Racing TV after Nostrum won at Newmarket on his return. Um, he was clearly just blown away by it, and it was a it was a massive performance in in a very good listed race. Um, but four or six is is fully factoring in uh, the visuals of what he did there, and um, and and the esteem of which they they obviously held him in. But there are a number of negatives you can chuck at him at four to six. Um, um, you're going to hear a, a read a lot about the bounce factor, real or imagined, in the next twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll probably hear a lot about uh, the softer ground. You'll hear, you probably won't hear a lot about the opposition because it's a lot deeper than four or six suggests. Uh, and quite clearly, he's not going to get an easy solo as he did at Newmarket first time up. So you, there are four potential negatives you can put out you know, at four to six. I still think he'd win, but I'm waiting for the without markets to come up. Um, I'm really keen on Galleron. Um, he's the outsider of the party bar. Monte Savano, uh, and I'm expecting around about there's no no firms of prices up yet. I'm looking for about six to one or bigger. Gallon in the without market. Now we blew out of in St. James's Palace Stakes last time, but his earlier runs when fourth in the Guineas, fifth in the Irish 2000 Guineas, um, put him bang up there in this field without the favourite. And also he's got course form, winning for course form on soft ground. I think Gallon, if you forgive him that run last time, I think he's the one that's could be most likely to give the favourite most to do. So Galleron, without the favourite, I'm looking for six to one or plus when any firm prices up, but more importantly, the sportsbook do. All right, Dan Barber, that is the way TC is playing it. How are you playing? Are you going to the without market or are you just all aboard Nostrum or are you taking him on in the full market? He had no strong view. Um, I don't think he's a race for a strong view necessarily. But four to six for a horse that's never run on ground like this. Tony's mentioned other negatives. Could he bounce? It's a possibility. I was coming around. I was reminding me of the ADR versus Israel race at Newmarket the other week where there wasn't much wrong at all on form with the short price Jolly. But is the gap between him and a progressive horse like Docklands in this case a bit too much? And I think it is. And bear in mind that Docklands ran on soft ground two starts ago and won by half the track. So conditions are clearly no problem for him. It was, I am surprised you're able to back him at nine to two. It was a monstrous effort, albeit in a handicap, beating the rest of them on his side by that far when the rest of them involved in the finish were on the opposite side of the course. Now, Ascot, 
you just don't have a clue from race to race, do you? Do you? Where, where the bias might be, where the pace might be. It just seems, it just seems so changeable. But in that instance, he seemed to be on the wrong side because the rest of his side were were absolutely trailing. So yeah, the progressive Docklands, I think, is worth a place at this level. He's not got the same profile as Nostrum and the same hype. But the market very much reflects that. I think a lot nine to two was too big compared to four to six. Do you agree, Kev? Do you think the Docklands price of nine to two is too big? I do actually. Yeah, like he he would be the most impressive half length winner of a handicap. I'd say of everything. Like it was unbelievable. Like if you just forget about the other side there and just watch what happened on the near side, like a big bunch of them, and he's just streaked away from them in like the most remarkable style and if he'd been beaten like he would have been the biggest handicap certain certainty beaten in a long time um and look he like he looked like a horse that was winning like way out of his class um like he he's clearly not a handicapper um and that winning form on soft ground time before would encourage you um regardless of how much ease there ends up being in this by the time we get to here. Um, so Docklands, yeah, look, it'd be a different type of race, you know, smaller field, but I'd like to think they'll go along at an even pace. Um, so I, I have an awful lot of respect for him. And I, I, I was close with Galeron. You know, Galeron's a big price. I think there's definitely more in him. Last time was disappointing, but um, like he ran very big in the Irish Guineas. Things went wrong. Um, he'd have no issues with the ground. And um I thought he was overpriced as well, but um, Docklands is the one I want to be with primarily. Okay, a couple of positive notes for Galeron and different guises then, and all aboard Docklands. In sport, what's just as important as the goals, the glory, the roar of the crowd? Yes, it's the halftime break. Time for a breather, a reset to keep everything on track. In sports betting, Betfair's safer gambling tools help you do that too. Like timeouts, so you take that all-important halftime break. Or deposit limits, to help you keep count. Manage your play at safergambling.betfair.com. Simple ways to stay on top of your game with Betfair. 18plusbegambleaware.org Right, before we go any further and move on to the Golden Mile Handicap, don't forget the Sportsbook offer on Friday. Have a... £5 bet on horse racing multiples and get a free bet. So get involved with that, but do it responsibly and read the T's and C's, please. Let's move on to the Golden Mile, the Heritage Handicap. And Latham is your 100 to 30 favourite here. It was obviously a non-runner because of the good ground at Ascot at the weekend and comes here on his preferred soft ground surface. So we expect him to run. He was a favourite at Ascot when he was due to run and he's going to go off favourite again here. 100 to 30 top of the market. Next best is 9 to 1 blue for you. So a big gap in the market down to David O'Meara's running. Perotto in there. At nine to one, done a favour for Kevin Blake when we last saw him. Um, those are the top three. And Dan, I want to start with you here because Latin, due to the ground and his profile, of course, the good season he's having, is going to go off a short price for this, which should be a very competitive race. Yeah, funnily, Kevin just mentioned the most impressive half-length winner he's ever seen. This might be the most impressive nose winner. because yeah. he, ca- he came from a, an unlikely position to get up late at Newcastle in a tactical affair but three could be an absolute disaster of a draw. Mm-hmm. He's going to be weighted with, you know, normally you want to be low in this, but who's who's staying far side with the ground as it was yesterday? Everything was trying to get as close to the near side rail as possible. So I thought there was capacity for that to 
to unravel. And I keep coming back to the very solid Awal, who's been placed in numerous good handicaps, chinned in the Lincoln by the classy migration after doing everything but win. Another really sound effort from him the other day where he just wore his heart on his sleeve and went down fighting. He ran a smasher too at Royal Ascot when I don't think those tactics are really the order of the day at that place. That was the mad race where Sonny Liston mm. and Jimi Hendrix were on either side of the track for Chelsea Thoroughbreds. Um, and yeah, I just thought it was very solid. They put the pieces on for the first time to maybe add a little extra edge. He's in 12. He's going to be in the way they ride him. He's going to be the one probably that's going to be able to strike first and try and get across to, I still think by this stage will be the favoured near side rail, but I'm taking out a bit of insurance. And this is down to the handicapper. I'm amazed that dual identity for running the same Ascot race got dropped three pound. I mean, unless he was already due to due to fall, which is a possibility. This is another horse placed in a Cambridge is shaping really well. An infrequent winner, but I like the each way angle with him. And he's just been bubbling under this season more than anything without knocking your eye out. But he was second in his group um, behind Jimi Hendrix, who oh, was a remarkable performance on the day. I know he hasn't backed it up, but he thrashed his side. Dual Identity worked his way through to finish second on that side. And that's after in the Cambridgeshire, he actually won his side. So he's not on much luck, this horse. Um, but he's got form on soft. Uh, yeah, I thought he was... I thought the handicapper was very generous, dropping him back to a mark in the 80s, considering his Cambridgeshire run when he was beaten just over a length was off 91. All right. Well, dual identity is currently 33s with the sports book, and Awal is currently 12. So those are Dan Barber's two darts at the board, TC. Where did you decide to go? Are you concerned about the favourites draw as well? Um, possibly, but this is a draw race. Uh, this is one of the, the draw races of the season, but it is also one of the biggest hard luck story races as well. So um, Dan has got uh, Dan's Awal. Um, he's only got three pace rivals. Um, I expect the gatekeeper to go on from seven, maybe. Uh, what else we got? Racing breaks rider from seven. So I expect them to go on, but other horses can and probably will do from their low draws. Uh, because of it's such a messy race, I'm the sportsbook are playing five places here as they are in the first race, but I'm inclined to, uh, to back two win only. The first has to be Takarib Bay, uh, who I put up last week. Um, he was an absolutely monumental drifter. He actually went off at a Betfair SP of 48, having been 12 in the morning. Um, and I was getting very excited because he was travelling like a dream on the far side. I thought he was going to go and win the race. Um, and he did win his own race by two lengths. But unfortunately, five other beat him on the near side. I mean, it's just a typical Ascot race. I mean, you can get it right and get it wrong. Um so I thought that was a massive performance, his first run after being gelded. Uh, the problem is, I, th I think he's more of a seven furlong horse in these big handicaps and a combination of a mile with a bit of dig in the ground. I wouldn't go overboard about the soft ground. I think it will be nearer good to soft. Uh, like I say, it's a really drying day on Thursday uh, and I expect to be good to soft, hopefully, or on Friday morning. So I think uh, Takarub Bay is very, very solid. Uh, he's drawn low. And I, he can go forward, and I want him to be. Um, and the uh, the issue here is there's a quick turnaround. But one of his best runs has been uh, he ran triple time to length and a half at Haydock last year after running at this meeting. So the quick turnaround should be a problem. I think he's very solid. I'll back him at 10s or bigger on the exchange. But I also have that. My main bet in the race is the Wizard of Eye. 
Now, this is his 19th start, and this is his first run in the handicap. He's off a mark of 105 after disappointing last time, just cut out totally there. But, you know, go back to his, all his, you know, he's been running in high grade all his life. He was actually beaten under seven lengths in the locking stakes. So off a mark of 105, um, I think he's he's a big player. He was only beaten uh, three quarters of length in a group three at this meeting last year. Handles soft ground. Stanmore's only had 13 winners this season, but two of those has been very recently. One at a very big price, 22 to one. So I'm playing win only on the exchange, Wizard of Eye and Tech with B. All right, that's an amazing stat read, the Wizard of Eye, having a first go in a handicap at this stage. Right, Kev, over to you for this then. Uh, we've got a few darts already, but we want yours involved too. Are you going again with Parotta? Yeah. No, 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 not, not oh, on this ground. Um, we'll be, we'll be worried. We want to keep trying for him. Um, last time, yeah, God, he's, you'd be brave at a short price now. Um, because like Dan says, he might have been the most impressive nose winner of the season last time. He was probably the most impressive short head winner as well earlier this season when he won the Irish Lincoln. Um, because he, he had absolutely zero chance coming down to the final furlong behind the wall of horses and he, he somehow found a way to win, um, up in the last stride. So, look, I'd say there's no doubt he's still well handicapped. Um, the ground was rotten that day at the curls. So, um, whether it dries or not, he'll be fine. Um, but yeah, run style draw. Um, Goodwood. Yeah, Jesus. It's, um, wouldn't, wouldn't be a recipe that adds up to a happy experience at a short price in a, in a super competitive handicap like this. But, and um, look, the best of luck if you're getting involved. Um, a while was the one I landed on as well. I'll be upside Dan. Um, I, <laughs> I, I would almost prefer if they didn't have the cheap pieces on it. I think that's a, that's a small bit aggressive. Um, like there was, there was, he didn't look like he needed waking up now over seven furlongs at Newmarket last time. But um, look, he's drawn in the middle. He will get the lead or be very close to it um, and will be in a position to go wherever it's deemed best to go um, in, in the straight. And look, he, he don't, he's not big mileage. I know he's had a couple of close encounters in, in strong handicaps and hasn't got the job done, but I think he will win one and, and this might be it. All right. Another positive vote for a while then. Uh, on we go to the feature race of the day, guys, the King George Qatar Stakes. It's the group two over the five furlongs and Highfield Princess is your 10 to 11 favourite for the John Quinn Yard. Jason Hart, obviously in the saddle with the Mary's got such a good relationship with. She's yet to win one this season off the back of her excellent group one winning year last year. But she's been running some pretty good races in defeat. She takes on here a quality for Charlie Hills at 11 to 2, who has two in the top four in the betting because he's also got Equilateral at 12 to 1, whose fourth bet and splitting them is Ladies Church for Johnny Murta at 10s. Um, Equality is 11 to 2 for the Charlie Hills Yard with Ryan Moore booked for the ride. Who shall I come to first there? Dan, you're looking like you want to get involved in this sprint. Hmm. Um, funny, you know, so much confidence behind Highfield Princess here. Is that rightly so at this point in her career in the season? I think it probably is. I mean, she's just way better than these, isn't she? When you're at her best anyway. And I don't think she's been that far off. It's probably not a demise just because she's not got ones next to her name. Might have been a bit overstated, but she's running against a few jumped up handicappers. As I often say, if you ran these in the two races that she's contested this season, where would they have finished? And that includes the likes of Nymphadora, I thought was quite impressive at York the other week when she put it when he put it together. But um 
Tony sort of put a bit of a, a mental spanner in the works about the ground. So I was half thinking, I would almost convince myself that we're going to try and come near side, but the drying day has made me... Yeah, I, could be, I could be bang wrong, but I just think soft ground, very dry day. I could be wrong. Mm. So, um, yeah, um, there's some uncertainty on that score, but we saw Asheen got that two-year-old across Florida Bermuda yesterday. Um and I think, I mean, Hart obviously knew where to go yesterday because on big Evs, he bounced out, got straight to the rail. So he's obviously switched on. She's the best horse in the race. She's really versatile regarding conditions. Yeah, I think she's probably just going to win, Vanessa. That's the long and the short of it. All right. So just a straight up Highfield Princess to win vote from Dan Barber. TC, I know that you're not that straightforward. No. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Not sure how to take that, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've that's at the lower end of the scale about uh, things that have been said about me, so I'll, I'll take that. Uh, not straightforward. That's my new Twitter bio. Um, I one one two, and the second was a, a beat in a neck in this race last year. But so I've kind of like tweaked the the form figure element to ignore <laughs> Rasel's run on Tuesday. So uh, to make the form figure sound better, but I am inclined to uh, to ignore Razel's run uh, on Tuesday when he was beating off 101 because I don't think he was drawn um, to best effect towards the middle there. Uh, again, Lord Ridderford pissed up on the rail and that's been the case all, all week, but I'm inclined to forgive that run. And when you consider Razel was a three to one favourite when beating a neck in this race last year, albeit a weaker renewal, I think the prices, I mean, Sportsbook are 25s. I think um, 33s is knocking around. I think you'll probably get that win only on exchange as well. I'm willing to forgive that run because, you know, his body of work there, uh, like I said, he's running the race last year. And behind, uh, behind the, uh, beyond the favourite, I can't see much to get excited about in here. Um, I back Razzle each way um, and, I'm, and I'm happy for that bad run on Tuesday. Uh, which gives me an inflated price. So Rasel, uh, yeah, I backed each way. Yeah, brilliant. All right. Currently, as he says, twenty fives on the sports book. Um, final word to you on this, Kev. Are you as straightforward as Dan, or are you as left field as Tony? Um, as always, Vanessa, I'm, I'm a man of the people. I can be anything anyone wants me to be. So if you want one, as long as they pay him enough. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody mentioned the race. Nobody mentioned the race. Uh, I'll, I'll strap on that Paddington Bear suit we saw yesterday. That you love so, that you love so much if the price is right. <laughs> I sent it to my son this morning, that clip, and he watched it on loop 20 times because he loves Paddington Bear. I'll tell you that that's the that's the biggest price winner of, of the whole year, isn't it? Tony Calvin liking that. That, oh, no. that ain't no Brian when he went up and shook his hand. You're the man I've been waiting to meet all day. Absolutely <laughs> fucking Love brilliant. Listen, Paddington. Listen, Paddington. I think that was John O'Spence Communications that organised that. That was, that was gold. That's the kind of thing was... to get young kids in. <laughs> that was class. Um, right, look, if you want one, um, each way without the fav. Um, blah blah etc um, Nymphadora I think is on a bit of a march and I could see her running very well but look Vanessa don't complicate your mind would be my main advice there are levels in this game and I strongly suspect Highfield Princess is just on a different level to her opposition here and will probably just go and get the job done without too much fuss sweat or punches needing to be drawn 
Okay, but a little each way nod to Nymphadora on her preferred softer surface at 16s <laughs> from Kevin. Right, guys, that about wraps up the show, and rightly so. It's been a good show, despite the lack of foreplay, everyone. But I'm about to find... <laughs> could be a lesson in there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> this isn't a podcast for those sort of lessons. Um, <laughs> I'm about to get a final call, guys, so I need your final calls on naps. CC, I'm coming to you first. Uh, you the Wizard of Eye in okay. the three o'clock. First time in a handicap. And, 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 he, and one of the other pluses, he can go forward as well. So, and I hope he does. All right. Kev Blake, what's your nap, please? Uh, Land of Winter, the funeral horse in the first, please. <laughs> Slower than a funeral. No horses need only apply. Yeah. And <laughs> Daniel Barber, your nap, please. Oh, wow. Make all, please. Beautiful. Okay. Love it. Thanks very much, guys. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with a final look at Goodwood and all of the rest of the racing on Saturday on ITV. But in the meantime, thanks very much for watching and listening. As always, I'm off to get on a flight. Enjoy the Friday of Glorious Goodwood. Hopefully it will be a bit more glorious. And thank you very much, as always, for joining us. <laughs>